Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to Patreon.com slash Joshua and become a $2 backer today and get early access to the new episodes. I'll be leaving a link in the description down below. But for now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Augment Experience Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Josh Ravellis. I'm a student, musician, and a gamer at heart. Join me as I sit down every week to talk about all the latest news in the technology, business, and video game world. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Joshua Vellis. I am your host as usual, and obviously, welcome back to the show. Today's episode 176 of the show. And before we get started, I'm going to do a bit of house quick because, well, you guys know I like to do it around here, and it only makes sense that we do it. So let's get on with the house cleaning. I do want to say thank you guys for coming back and listening to today's episode. It really does mean a lot to me. You guys constantly take time out of your day to listen to these episodes, to share these episodes, to download them, and, you know, just get to have a fun time with me. And I really appreciate it. And, to be honest, you guys are great. You guys are wonderful, and I greatly appreciate all of you. So thank you so much for the support. I do want to say thank you for helping us hit over 2,500 total downloads. So I greatly appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Well appreciated, as you know mentioned before. I do want to say thank you to the Patreon backers for supporting the show. You guys are great. Thank you guys for your support. I really appreciate you. And if you want to become a Patreon backer, then click the link down below and become a Patreon backer. You know, you can either just donate two bucks a month just to be like, hey, here's two bucks a month or, you know, five dollars a month and get early access to the episodes and stuff like that. But today I'm just going to be honest, I'm cutting loose a little bit and it's going to be more of a tech rant, mainly because, yes, I get it. We're talking about the Nintendo Switch OLED and it's one of those things where, yes, I understand that the majority of the Internet is very decisive there it's kind of a polarizing topic to talk about because yeah the nintendo switch oled isn't exactly what we were expecting yes we knew ahead of time that there was going to be a new switch model announced this year like that was the expectation the hope was that it was going to be the switch pro because everyone was like yes we need a switch pro we need a better switch model that can handle the new games or that can handle new you know newer games and run them much better, much more effectively, much more efficiently. But it does make sense why we got what we got. If I'm being honest, I'm not super mad, especially given the context of what's going on. I'm still disappointed that 
we're seeing the same usual trend of Nintendo lovers or the Nintendo Knights always just supporting everything Nintendo does. They pretend like Nintendo didn't do anything bad. And to me, it's just like, this is a clear example of them, you know, being tone deaf as usual, because let's be honest, while Nintendo does have one of the best game catalogs, you know, ever, let's be real, they have incredible games. We're not going to pretend like their franchises or IPs are not good or well-received and well-liked, but we have to be honest that yes, Nintendo is not the best when it comes to some business practices. We have to be very clear about this because let's be honest, they're not the most consumer friendly. They probably couldn't give a rat's butt cheeks about you. However, this situation specifically with the OLED, I do believe that it was rushed. I like this is my firm belief that I think even a lot of people that I can agree, people that don't like the Nintendo Switch OLED or at least, you know, why it exists. That yes, I do believe they just rushed it out just to get a new console on the market, you know, to hype up buzz. But this isn't the right way to go about it. And here's what I'm explaining. What are the main updates that came with the Nintendo Switch OLED? The only updates that we know officially and that are confirmed are obviously the new 7-inch OLED display. So it's going to have an OLED and handheld. And at the same time, it's going to have an Ethernet port on the jack or on the dock specifically, which I still think that should have, which I still think it should have been with the original switch instead of buying that stupid adapter. But I think it's cool that, Hey, we finally get it, but still this should have been something that was on the original because it doesn't make much sense. And at the same time, they're doubling the base storage, even though nobody really cares about the base storage of this thing. Cause everyone just buys a nice SD card. And then we all move on with our lives. I think also the new kickstand is better given the original switches kickstand is kind of dog let's let's be honest here it's kind of boo boo but you know i think we can all agree it's pretty bad and we're not going to pretend like it's good and that's pretty much it that's all we got updates we didn't get a newer processor we didn't get you know more well i wouldn't say the base storage could have been more but let's be honest here they didn't really do much they didn't add bluetooth capabilities built into it where it can connect headphones like bluetooth headphones so yes, if you you know like me, I have a little adapter for my Nintendo Switch so I can connect my Bluetooth headphones, like my SteelSeries Arctis 9Xs or my AirPods. And it's still weird that they didn't include that built in. I think that would have been a much better, that would have been something cool to include was a proper Bluetooth receiver to actually, you know, use Bluetooth devices would have been actually, you know, useful. But here's where we're at. The reason I feel like it is rushed is, yes, in today's current society and how things are right now, yes, we are currently in the middle of a chip shortage. I do firmly believe that the Nintendo Switch OLED was supposed to be better than what it was. I do firmly believe that this was supposed to have a new processor. I do believe that this really was supposed to be the Switch Pro that everyone's been wanting. You know, better display, you know, better horsepower. But given the chip shortage that, to be honest, if you've been keeping up with the news, the chip shortage will probably go until 2023. And that's kind of rough given that, you know, there's a lot of new hardware that needs processors, you know, cars need, like, if you don't believe me, cars actually do need processors, which you know, that's why the chip shortage kind of sucks for, you know, people in the car industry because, hey, we can't really make new cars without chips and stuff. But it's one of those things where, they literally just rushed it out 
just to say they haven't be like hey there you go we got a new switch model you guys got what you wanted but when you take a step back it's like how does it really fit in the lineup because it's like think about it they promote this as a new home you know as a docked you know switch it's promoted as hey you can get a new oled but to me it's like why would you combine these two things when it doesn't make much sense to do it you get what i'm saying like if you want a better handheld switch then you would buy the switch Lite because it's you know designed to be handheld like if the whole premise of the switch oled was to be like hey we got this new oled display to use in handheld i'm like well that's great it doesn't feel that good in the hands no matter which way you try to spin it like i'm not being mean but the switch itself is pretty uncomfortable when you try to handhold it except the switch light i think that's actually a little bit more comfortable but the regular switch when you try to handhold it it's not the most comfortable thing that's why people buy grips for it but to me it's like why would you care to use it in handheld when most people like you know they want a handheld they just buy the light that's why the light was was made because there's people like hey i want the switch to primarily use it in handheld so they buy the light or hey most people just buy the dock one because like hey i'm mainly going to use it at home i'm not going to take this off the dock it's just going to stay on my dock so i can play my games at home and to me it's just like the chip shortage definitely hurt the oled i'm just being honest here it really did because this should have been the pro this should have been the big switch refresh that everybody wanted because a lot of people were clamoring and asking for nintendo look the switch is five years old now you admitted it in your presentation it is not handling games the way it is like it's not it's showing its age it's five years old it's not going to handle the newer games and yes there's only so much you can do with optimizations there's only so much you can do with you know just plain optimization like it needs more power there's a reason why the series x and the ps5 you know yes people can optimize games for them but they also have more power and more headroom to be like okay yes we have optimization we also have a little bit more power that can you know run these games better than what they should you know what they did before with the switch all we got is a new oled display but that doesn't really change how we run a lot of our games and let's be honest here it needs a better it needs more power that's just the reality because if Nintendo can't update the processor in the Switch, it's not going to keep getting the big flagship AAA games that people want to play on it. And even Ninten- a lot of Nintendo's like homegrown games. Let's be honest here. I'm very concerned with how the Breath of the Wild 2 is going to run on this thing. Like, it's going to be a bit of a concern to see how it runs. Like, Monster Hunter Rise, one of my favorite games on the Switch... I do agree it needs more power. I think running it at 60 FPS should have been the minimum. It, I really think that the Switch needs more power to run those games a lot better. And I get it. Nintendo's like, look, we don't want to differentiate our fan base. or some people that don't care about the power. And I'm like, well, you can't say they don't care when it's kind of sad. And at least a mid-range smartphone can perform much better than the Switch. That's saying a lot, you know, in terms of how mobile smartphones have you know come as times you know have come as you know time has gone on that they've gotten so much better they've gotten much more powerful much more efficient and it's just like bro come on (laughs) like we need more power for the switch i know the nintendo knights are going to be like well we don't care about horsepower we like their games we like having our good games 
well, that's great, but what if I told you your games could run better and you would like them even more if they ran better? Like, I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings, but optimization can only go so far. And I get it when the Switch came out, it was definitely, it was better. Like, it still was a good console because I liked it because I bought it. Like, you know, it was my graduation gift from high school. That's why I got it. But what people really wanted was, hey, the Switch Pro should have at least given us PS4 level performance and handheld because people would be happy with that. I guarantee you people would be happy with that. Optimizations would be better because what we really wanted is 1080p handheld. That's where I feel like the OLED would have been great because let's be honest, 720p OLED is not going to look good. It is going to look garbage as it normally does because let's be honest here, OLED does not really like that low of a resolution. I think a, a 1080p OLED would have been much better than, say, a 720p OLED that we're getting. Let's be honest here. Like, one of my friends made a joke. He was like, bro, let's be honest here. I get to enjoy <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise on a nice OLED so I can see all those ugly imperfections in clear 720. I'm like, yeah, he has a point. Like, it's one of those things where it doesn't make much sense to make a 720p OLED handheld. Heck, they didn't even address the Joy-Con drift issue. And I know that's a big deal too because that's what people wanted was Nintendo to do a refresh and be like, hey, we get it. The Joy-Cons are, you know, it's a nice little gimmick. The problem is, yes, they're also extremely small. They're very fragile. They're super expensive for what they should be. Like, I get it, the whole HD rumble and everything. But like, bro, Joy-Con drift is a pretty big issue. And it makes sense because these are tiny controllers. And they're not meant to last a long time. Like, that's why I tell people, just buy a broken... Like, if you are buying a Switch, the Pro Controller is a must-buy no matter what way you try to spin it. You must have a Pro Controller. No matter what, you must have a Pro Controller. It is a must-have buy for every Nintendo Switch owner. The Pro Controller is great. It's one of my favorite controllers ever made. And that's saying a lot given how much I like the 360 controller and how much I like my Elite Series 2 controller for my Xbox. But to me... The Pro Controller is just, it's just a fun, like, it's my favorite controller. I love using it. It's one of the most comfortable controllers in my hand. But I do believe the Joy-Cons needed a refresh. And I think it's sad that Nintendo still has been a bit stubborn when it comes to Joy-Cons. Like, guys, we get it. It's the thing you try to hammer home and everything. It's a nice, you know, obviously Joy-Con boys. Everyone remembers Etika, like, always hyping it up. But to me, it's, it just feels like the Switch OLED is rushed. It definitely feels like, look, they just did this just to get the nice holiday sales, the nice holiday bump. We know we got a new Metroid coming, which I still think, eh, like, it's okay. Like, eh, like, I get it. It's the first mainline Metroid game we've had in a long time. But it, I just don't care. I'm just being honest. I really don't care. Um, I'm also being honest that we have a lot of games on the Switch that, need a they need a performance bump it's just the cold hard reality like it's not it's not funny anymore like it the switch is definitely showing its age it needs more power i know nintendo's like look we're just trying to provide great quality games we don't really care about trying to compete with performance and i'm like guys you have to compete with performance this is brain dead thinking like you have to compete with your competition your competition is making great games and they got better hardware now. They're going to run those games a lot. Like people wanted a 4K Switch with DLSS 2.0. Like they wanted a Switch that can truly run 4K, which 
given how DLSS 2.0 is right now, hey man, the Switch could have done it if it had a better Integra chip. But given the chip shortage, obviously we can't have that because there's a chip shortage. And if the Switch sells the way that it does, that's not really going to do us any favors with how quickly it's going to sell out. Like if you told consumers, we have a new Switch, it has an OLED display, a newer processor, it will run games at 4K and docked, people would literally lose their absolute minds and they would be buying this thing up like hotcakes. Because think about it. If they did put the new processor and everything and it was like the same price, like 350 dude, this thing would have been sold out before you could even say, holy crap. Like it would have been gone because everybody in their mother would be buying. Like the market would be filled with people selling their switches being like, look, just sold it. You know, here's all my like anything that they don't want with it. You know, obviously, if you have a pro controller, you're not going to sell that. You're going to keep it and be like, Suck but it's one of those things where, man, Nintendo really dropped the ball with it. And I don't think it's I don't think it's good either that Nintendo fans keep trying to justify it. Like, it doesn't make much sense why you're trying to justify this bull. Like, I don't my brain cannot begin to wrap itself around the idea of justifying a clearly rush to market product that doesn't really change how you use it it's being advertised as a new switch like it's part of the lineup and i'm like dude no it doesn't make any sense in its own lineup like you already have a handheld switch it's the light like why would i want to use the oled in handheld when i can literally use the light and get a better grip and every like it doesn't make much sense like it's jarring and granted the dock i get it they said that you can buy the dock separately and to be honest i might just because i want the ethernet port but to me it's just like nintendo has shown how brain dead they can be and that they truly just don't care like i always say nintendo likes to make one good step forward and then at least 20 steps backwards like that's just how nintendo operates because with crap like this bro what do you want me to say like you want me to say good job nintendo you guys are great you guys are amazing you did everything right no they're extremely brain dead and tone deaf that's just the cold hard reality with all this is they're just so tone deaf to their audience that it's not even funny and there's still people justifying this there's people like oh yeah i'm gonna buy an oled day one and i'm like i'm not like, if this was the true pro upgrade that I thought it was, I was like, bro, I'm ready to shell out 350 right now. Like, I don't care. But it's one of those things where it's just sad that this is where we're at. Like, we wanted a new Switch. It's been five years. We needed a refresh. And it's just like, this is not the refresh we needed. We did not. No one cares about the OLED. What people really cared about was better performance. That's what the Switch really and desperately needs is better performance. I don't care who you are. I don't care what games you play. It needs better performance. It will not be able to handle newer games if it does not have better performance because companies will not want will not be able to port their games over. I don't care what kind of optimizations they do. It will not look good. It will not run good. Like, I get it. The Switch has a track record of amazing optimizations like Warframe or Doom Eternal or like games that have been so optimized that it's not it's mind boggling how they made it work. But still, it needs better performance like the Switch desperately needs better performance. It should be unacceptable that this thing only runs 1080p in handheld and docked mode specifically and you know even in handheld the struggle is even running 720p at 30 
like it's just like bro this is so mind-boggling it's so like no one's asking for like 4k 120 no we're asking just give us 1080p 60 in docked mode and even then it gives us 1080p 30 and it can barely handle that sometimes like there are some games that just break and they run at like 15 to 1p like oh my lord like it's just like don't even get me started with the whole thing with the games coming like pokemon arceus and stuff like that like bro that game's probably gonna run at like 10p <laughs> it's just like oh no like nintendo desperately needs more performance on the switch like i'm i'm just mind boggled. my brain is still just trying to wrap itself around the idea that they still don't listen to what they desperately need is more performance like i'm not saying it fixes all their problems nintendo has great games you need more power i don't care what you try to say what kind of you know jargon you want to try to smooth talk the fan base with you need better performance we're not asking for you to compete with the xbox series x and ps5 we're asking you to give us performance that should be bare minimum if a smartphone can do it a home console slash you know mobile console could do it too you just don't want to do it because you're lazy like i get it the chip shortage isn't helping either and i'm not saying like nintendo has control over that but still, like, you could have given us more performance. You could have, but you didn't. Like, it's just one of those things where I don't think the Switch OLED should come out this year. I don't even think it should exist right now. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it is a... For people that it's their first time buying a Switch, okay, I could see an argument saying that, yeah, it'd be the be better one to buy. But it, if you're a current Switch owner, you have no reason to upgrade. You have zero to no reason to upgrade. And if you try to justify upgrading it, I'm sorry. You are literally pure delusional to try to upgrade it, to try to justify upgrading to this thing. Because there's no upgrade. What do you gain? Like, who cares about extra base storage? You have an SD card for a reason. Like, no one cares. The dock, you can just go buy it. Like, to be honest, the dock is the most worthwhile thing ever. Like, my idea for the switch pro that i that i thought of was something microsoft did a while back with the first surface book where you know the display has a processor and ram and everything inside of it but then and a gpu like a small gpu and the keyboard when you connect it it has more you know another gpu more horsepower inside of it so when you put them together it unlocks the true potential and i was like well what if nintendo did that they you know put a good processor in for the handheld mode but then the dock also has a processor and gives it so when you put them both together it truly bumps up the power so that you know there's more power granted that's too big brain thinking for nintendo because let's be honest here they don't like to think outside the box anymore with a lot of things but at the end of the day, this is what we got. Am I happy about it? No. I'm just being honest with you. I think the Switch OLED is dumb. I think it shouldn't exist. Like, I get it. This would have been the pro if the, if the chip shortage wasn't going on. I get it. I fully understand that that's realistically what happened. Was the chip shortage definitely screwed them. And they're like, hey, slap the OLED on there. We just need to get a new Switch out on the market so we can say we have a refresh. I still think it's not worth it. I don't care who you try to justify. Like, if you're a new buyer hey man go for it if you've never bought a switch before and you really wanted one then i'd say the oled's probably your best bet but at the end of the day there's still so much left on the table i'm just like nintendo you could have done more and i know i'm sounding overly negative i know that i sound like you know ah josh is just bashing nintendo and i'm like no it's but we have to be critical because we can't just 
you know, give these companies a nice little slap on the wrist and be like, oh, it's okay. You did your best. Like, no. Like, dude, if you want someone to shell out 350 bucks, you better give me something worth my money. Like, that's 350 bucks, bro. That, that stuff doesn't just grow on trees. If you go, like, it doesn't. And it's just like, man, this is where we're at. And hopefully, maybe later down the line, the hopes and the dreams of the Switch Pro aren't dead. And that, you know, once the chip shortage finally clears up, then, hey, we can finally get the true Switch Pro. But until then, guys, I don't know what else to tell you. To be honest, I don't think it's worth buying it. If you buy it, hey, man, you do you with your own money. I just don't think it's worth it. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. Do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree with me? You know, hit me up on my social medias, what you guys think. I greatly appreciate your time, guys. Like, I know I ranted a lot because that's pretty much the whole point of this episode was just a little tech rant. But I really do appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to me, you know, to allow me to have a piece of your day, have a little piece of your time because time is a very precious thing. It's not something that you can just give back, you know, like, and to me, I really appreciate that you allowed me to share some of it with you. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope you guys continue to be safe out there. Please don't do anything down, guys. Please continue to be mindful and respectful of all those around you because the world is still a weird place. People are still weird. I would just, you know, try to be kind and respectful to everyone. Like, try to be more understanding of where everyone's coming from and just, you know, be more relatable. But thank you guys so much for your time. I love you guys to death. Please have yourselves a wonderful week and then a weekend. And as always, guys, don't do anything dumb. And I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hey there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day and listening to today's episode. If you're interested in supporting the show, whether it be financially, clicking the follow button, or just sharing the episode, it all works for me, guys. Thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you guys to death. Do you know how many files your employees have uploaded, downloaded, emailed, airdropped, slacked, or shared via Google Drive today? A lot of that data has left your organization, and you don't even know it. Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. How's it going and welcome to the Casual Gamecast. I'm your host Shane Bow, and with me is Bill Kill. This is a weekly video game podcast brought to you by the team at Casual Game Content. 
It's a relaxed podcast, a casual podcast. We talk about some news stories. Uh, we talk about the news stories that we care about. Not necessarily the top stuff, not necessarily the best news stories. It's the news stories that we care about. Sometimes there's five news stories, sometimes there's ten, sometimes there's one. But we're going to talk about them anyway. But before all that, we have a little chat about what we've been playing for the week. The TV we've been watching, the movies we've been watching, the games we've been entertaining with ourse- ourselves with. But enough of all that. You know all this. You've you've been here before. You listen to us regularly. Phil, how you been? How's it going? I've been good, dude. I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the new take on the intro. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, each their own. You know, we each, we 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 got to uh, we got to have our own voice because if I just do the exact same intro as you, mm-hmm. people are just going to give out that I'm copying you. No, yeah, either that or they'll think we swapped vocal cords in some kind of strange face-off scenario. <laughs> well, these freaky Friday things we bought, like, peed into a fountain at the same time while lightning struck and we've swapped bodies or something. Yeah, it's amazing how every time we peed into a fountain so far, we've avoided that lightning strike. It was bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've peed into a fountain a lot together. You know, it's 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 our tradition. We haven't, listeners, we haven't. I don't, I've never peed in a fountain, I don't think. Okay. Not that I can recall. <laughs> what would you prefer would you prefer it to be a freaky friday situation where we peed into a fountain and we got like i don't know zapped into our respective penises via lightning strike or would you prefer a kind of a face-off situation <laughs> the face-off situation always seemed a bit you know icky because you got to do the whole surgery thing but then again i don't want to get lightning strike in the junk no 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 it's uh... a, i suppose <laughs> I suppose with the surgery, you could be put under, you could be put to sleep. So, I mean, maybe the face-off situation, because I wouldn't know until I woke up. It's probably, yeah. And then, actually, with the face-off situation, I still kind of get to be me and feel like me, even though I have your face. Yes. You know what I mean? I yes. still have the same body and the same hands and legs and stuff. Well, no, you don't. Whole... That's the key. Because if you watch that film, John Travolta is far larger a man than Nicolas Cage. Yet, when they swap faces, they seem to swap bodies too. Oh, yeah. It's been a very long time since I've seen Face Off. So I'm going to take your word for it on that. The, the, like, the premise, yes, you are correct. However, the execution, they didn't really think that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it was what the nineties. I mean, we we can't we can't expect them to be too like super scientifically accurate in a nineties action movie. No, you cannot, and that's kind of the way I want it. You know, like I go back and I watch Face Off like once every two years, and it's just to remind myself of how ridiculous those movies were back in the day. And but I loved them for it, you know. Oh yeah, like that's why I love action movies most of the time. And blockbuster movies is because they're ridiculous. It's their ridiculousness. It's mm-hmm. pure escapism. It's like, why are these men able to swap faces and suddenly swap bodies and everything? Uh, because science, of course. Like, <laughs> obviously, you know. Because and it's you're like, okay, oh, fine, all science, yes, grand. That's yeah. why it's badass. <laughs> and that's <laughs> I don't all I need it to be. Yeah, I don't need a big convoluted explanation. I just need someone to go because science or because it's cool. And I'm like, cool, I'm done. It's yeah. almost like the, um, what is one of the, like, greatest worst lines ever in pacific rim right uh at one stage there's like one of the monsters has like an emp blast that knocks out all the electronics Mm -hmm. and charlie hunnam has the audacity to look like at the camera while he's piloting a big giant 60 foot mech robot okay and go those other mechs were all digital gypsy is analog the emp won't affect it (laughs) 
It's a giant 60-foot mech. How can an EMP not affect it? How can it be analog? What are you talking about? What's the premise? I, it's been a long time since I've seen Pacific Rim. So is Gypsy made of timber or something? Gypsy is like the rest of them. I think the thing, whole thing was like the rest of them were like all... Gypsy was one of the first ones built. Yeah. So it's a lot more rudimentary and it's, I think it has like a nuclear powered core or something whereas the rest of them are all powered by like you know I don't know Tesla batteries or something yeah so, but the idea of it the idea of an EMP is that it fries you know chips and boards and stuff like so surely you know I know where you're coming from yeah I'm, I'm agreeing with you it's a, it's a yeah. weird that's a weird statement to make you know to, to have that it's be such your, a weird statement that, that, that's like the the get out of jail free card for that situation for the writer was like oh but yeah. but his one isn't made of electronics it's like get the fuck out of here of course yeah exactly is. exactly <laughs> it, his, his literal words are gypsies analog like what? <laughs> what what are you talking about what what is she a reel to reel tape uh, Shane <laughs> you know I, what I'll mean? let like, you in on a little secret yes gypsy's not the only one that's analog I too am analog. So should we ever get into this Freaky Friday situation and we get zapped into willies, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say zapped in the willies. Yeah. That, has caught, that has caught me off guard. Full circle, there you baby. Go, folks. Full circle. Welcome to the casual game cast. Let's talk about video games. Zapped for... in the willies. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk let's about, talk game about video games. Leave us all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honest to God. So, like, tell me, what have you been playing this week? Okay. Um, what have I been playing? I have been playing two things. I've not been playing any Demon Souls this week because I couldn't bring myself to play any more of it because it's just been a long week. Um, so I've been playing stuff that kind of appealed to me without me thinking about it. And one was I have been playing on and off for about an hour at a time. The new super uh, no super mario world 3d i think that's the la- the latest one the one that came out and re-released from the wii u onto the switch a couple of months back um oh super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury is that's that kind of that's the one that's the one yeah. um yeah, yeah i've been trying to go back through that me and my partner started playing that and then we fell off of it and i've just been looking at it on my switch going eh, i'll jump in and uh, yeah, it's a really good game. That's a great Mario game. You know, anybody that had their doubts about that one, I'm playing it solo and it's great. Um, yeah. You know, I remember you speaking about it before and saying that the Bowser's Fury part wasn't great. I liked the Bowser's Fury part a lot, actually. I thought I thought it was good, but there was like there's something that holds it back in the mechanic. The The Bowser mechanic in that isn't as fleshed out as it could be. Um, yeah. And it's a bit frustrating because it's on a timer and sometimes you need it to happen. So you'll be waiting for 15 minutes for something to happen. But right. with, if they took out that element, it's all great. You know, it's a open world Mario game. Not little like like in, in, in if you look at like Super Mario Odyssey or whatever, it's like, you know, yes, you're getting on a little spaceship and you're going to a different planet. But you're always going into like a, a large room or like a confined field of sandboxy events but like in bowser's fury it's one massive world and you're just unlocking more of it and going around yeah yeah yeah. that if that's the direction they're going i'm all in uh but just they just need to work on that bowser thing right right i get you um but you said you were playing a second thing or two things what was the other thing you've been playing so i wanted to jump into some gaming comfort food on the ps5 
And I was going to use this as an opportunity to play back through Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS5 because yes. I wanted to get myself back into it before you know New Dawn or whatever that thing is called comes out. Um, and I turned it off almost immediately because I didn't realize that Guerrilla Games has not put out a 60 frame patch for that game. It's oh. it's super jarring. Um, I've been playing nothing but 60 frame games on both yeah. the Xbox and the PS5 for like a year now. I jumped into Horizon and I put on the performance mode and it was like, I thought the game was glitching. I genuinely thought it was hitching or something and it wasn't. It was just half the frame rate I'm used to now. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it can be hard sick. to go back. Yeah, it can be hard to go back. Like some people don't seem to notice. Or it's like the whole HD versus 4K. You know, some people just don't seem, their eyes don't seem to work that way. But like for me, I cannot go back. I definitely can't go back. I think there's a difference between, you know, somebody who plays 1080p 30 frame a second games all the time and plays the occasional 60 frame one and then goes back to more 30 frame games not noticing. That's fine. And I get that. And I've been there. But like when you're spending your time playing 4K 60 games as best you can and then you go back to like this like half the frame rate is a lot because I actually made me feel sick to play it a little bit. I was kind of like I was uncomfortable and that sounds like such a first world problem. But like I genuinely <laughs> couldn't bear it. And then to contrast that, um, and I know a friend of the show, Killian Holland, if he's listening, he'll love this. I popped in Days Gone. I, I always forget yeah. what it's called. Days Gone Um, to try and see, did that have a patch? And it did. And it runs in either 1440p or 4K. I'm not sure, but... It runs on a buttery smooth 60 and yeah. it is a pretty nice looking game when it's, you know, it's a bleak game, but it, it the art direction's good. Um, and that's a pretty great game as well. I only I only started it like yesterday and I've only been like two or three hours into it. But um, but that game does some stuff. I, it, it, it's actually pretty good. And I'm kind of in a zombie mood at the moment. Yeah, I'm in a weird yeah. I, I go through phases like, you know, I, I'm. <laughs> Can I talk about what I've been watching, or is that like? No, no, jump, it, go it, ahead. It like, ties in. We're, we're freeform, baby. It's like podcast jazz. We're just freeforming <laughs> it. Podcast jazz. Um, yeah, the thing I've been watching over the past like couple of months, but I've really kind of like cranked up on it lately, is um, The Walking Dead. I've been kind of getting back into that for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I watched it when I was like hungover, predominantly, and just as something to not think about. And then over time, I've worked my way up to like season five or something at this point. And lately I'm yeah. watching like whenever I get an opportunity because like the, the weird thing about The Walking Dead is I think it's secretly better than we remember it being. Because right. if you go back to it now, like outside of all the memes and the coral, you know, five panel memes or whatever, <laughs> like it is actually objectively good. It's it's like the characters, they're not like, you know, Shakespearean characters or anything that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. But like, you get weirdly drawn into that show when, you, when you're watching it outside of the zeitgeist, you know? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, I, I'm not a big zombie guy in any shape or form. Video games, movies, TV. And 
I very much kind of had to make myself watch The Walking Dead mm-hmm. at the time because I didn't really care much about zombies. But it was one of these that is like, it is, there must be something about it because it's everywhere. It's uh, like the internet is always talking about it. It was mm-hmm. always on social media. It was always on TV repeats and it was always being shown and RTE picked it up and everybody. And yeah. I got to, they lost me at the barn. Yeah, that's that's like a pivotal moment in that show. And here's the thing about zombies is, and that barn in particular, the the whole premise of zombies only works for me um, if they use it as it's meant to be used. So, like, zombies in my mind aren't a monster. Zombies are a force of nature which turns humanity into monsters. You know, yeah. and that's yeah. how it should be. And it's it's that human interaction and trying to survive and trying to build relationships and trying to like, you know, step on another person or trust another person and the the the, in, the dynamics between people in those situations. That's what keeps me interested, and that's what I'm liking about Days Gone is it focuses in on that. It's kind of like you're watching The Walking Dead and anyone who's like a scout who goes out and like looks for food and goes from camp to camp, you're that, you know, and that that's quite yeah. cool. Um, but specifically that barn, that's where a lot of people drop off and it's because it's the slowest season um, and it is the second season. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it couldn't really afford to be so slow. But if you stick through it, it's worthwhile because because they don't really go anywhere for a full season. It's just all interpersonal relationships. It's very few zombies, very few anything else. It's just everybody has to develop who they are and get to know each other. And then we're going to pull the rug out at the end of the season. And then it's going to be all madness again after that. But now you actually know these people rather than them just being, you know, faceless person A, B and C. Uh, yeah, you yeah, you yeah. now have a full like 15 episodes of context of who they are, you know um so yeah. like in retrospect it's great but it's a slog i remember even at the time watching it for the first time going oh god when are they going to leave this farm <laughs> yeah i knew it was a slog and it, it was at the time i watched it yeah like it was because um i was still sharing a house with our friend phil other phil and then um his mrs k was mad into it yeah absolutely mad into it and we were like every time she was over we were watching it every week or whatever watching the new episode and it felt like that that barren thing went on for like seven seasons it <laughs> felt like it felt like an extra long season especially when you knew like you could tell from like the first episode that she was going to be in the barn <laughs> yeah spoilers i guess for a 10 year old show I but suppose, yeah. yeah yeah for a 10 year old show. but you knew it you yeah. knew it and you knew they were just dragging it and drag and drag and, and they were like oh big season reveal she's mm. in the barn well uh yeah of course i could have wrote that uh, like in my sleep <laughs> thanks very much See, I, and i think that's I what got so me less, i think that i was so less jaded by it or something at the time i wanted them to leave but for whatever reason i never thought that she'd be in the barn and then like when that was like the last See, and I was like, oh, I'm back in now. I'm suddenly interested again, you know, but like in <laughs> retrospect, yeah, it was pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you look, when you look back on it now. Um, yeah. But anyway, myself, that's, that's, that's what I've been doing in general. <laughs> consuming, consuming, consuming. I'm not, I'm not a big zombie guy. I did. As a result of that, I did skip over Days Gone as well. I'd say go back to it because it's not like just zombies. 
um mm. they're called freakers it's a different yeah. thing you know <laughs> but I know. Uh, I know but no they're like they're it's like 28 days later situation rather than the walking dead um, yeah they're very like super fast super mm-hmm. aggressive zombies yeah it reminds me like, of i mean i say that open world last of us yeah, and that's what I was just about to bring that up. I mean, I say that I'm not big into zombie games and all that, but then again, I love The Last of Us. And it is like, they're just zombies by a different name, really. You know what I mean? Everything is zombies by a different name when it's some kind of evil monster force that has taken over the planet. Yep, yep, pretty much. You know? Like, if you took Horizon Zero Dawn and you took The Last of Us and you made them have some kind of, like, you know, godless bastard child, then you would get Days Gone. Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe maybe it's worth a try. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll pick it up when it's on sale or something. You have it. It's it on your PS Plus thing, I think. Oh, oh well, then I will give it a go. Because um, all I've been playing at the moment is still Returnal. Same as last week. How are you faring I do have that? A, I, I do have an update. <laughs> okay. I do have an update. I finally beat the first boss and made it to the second biome. Yes! Woo! Well done. And I did discover that extra gun you were talking about. So obviously you must you need to get to the second biome to discover that gun oh, or whatever. Okay. Okay. Um because in all my runs through the first biome I never found it and then in the next biome I did come across it like there's a specific point where they literally present one to you for no reason. Gotcha. So it's just to go like, ooh, here's a new mechanic, you know, a new weapon, figure it out or whatever. Okay. Um yeah, so I got beat the first boss finally, got into the second biome. Had an unbelievable run through the second biome, first go around. Absolutely, almost like I was super powered to bits, completely overpowered, weapon yeah. like max level I could find, the whole job blah, blah, and then got my ass kicked by the second boss all the way back to the ship. <laughs> yeah, but you worked out the secret is to become powerful. Yes, yeah, it is. It, that is the secret. I do know that. And I knew that as well all the times I was struggling with the first boss. And... I knew I had to do that and I did that every run and still something wasn't clicking with me where that yeah. boss was kicking my ass. And then I think, I don't know, something, I had that epiphany moment where something clicked and I went in, did a run, turned it on one day, did a run, got to the boss, bet first time, into the next biome, did a savage run through the next biome, got to the second boss, you know what I mean? Whatever it was, finally clicked. Whatever yeah. way I need to press buttons or whatever I need to do to play that game, finally yeah. connected. So I haven't gone back since. Um, I done a couple of runs through the second biome just to kind of explore, you know, the kind of runs where I knew I wasn't trying to get to the boss just mm-hmm. to try see what I could find, what secrets I could uncover, and that's about it. I am still liking it. It is probably the most difficult game I've played. I feel like it's the most difficult game I've really? played. Honestly, honestly, genuinely, I've talked to people about this, like, and I don't know if it's historically I've not been great at shooters. Mm. I'm not the best at shooters. I'm just not especially really fast shooters where you have to be on the move all the time. Right. So, like, I, that's why I was never, like, really a brilliant at, like, online, you know, competitive Call of Duty and stuff where you have to be constantly running around and moving and this kind of thing, you know? Okay. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the fact that it's a shooter and that it's so, like, be constantly moving, be jumping here, things are coming at you from above, below, beside you, you know, mm-hmm. have your head on an absolute swivel at all times. I think that's why I'm finding it so difficult. That and it, it's obviously billed as having like, you know, hard difficulty. That's kind of it, part of one of its selling points. So but yeah, that's, I, I think it's the shooter side. Do you, I'm pretty sure you do. Do you enjoy the stylish action games? You're, your devil may cries and your bayonettas and whatnot yes i do like this to me 
in my mind, Returnal is just one of those games with a gun. Yeah, I like. Yeah, you're no, maybe you're, maybe, you're not maybe walking it's in my... Doom style to like take out the entire room by any means necessary. It's like yeah, there's there's various obstacles in your way that are disguised as enemies, and you, from your experience, now need to like john wick your way through the room to go you first then him then him up here then there then there bam 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 it's like setting out that plan the way you do it in a, mm. a devil may cry um to get the best score or whatever it's it's in in my mind returnal is just that and the the bullets that the enemy fire at you is kind of like your they do it, it, it it's actually quite clever the way they do their bullets is because they, they are those slow moving orbs or whatever Mm-hmm. And they do encourage you to move in specific directions. But only if you will allow all of the enemies to surround you is that ever an issue. Because you can kind like the the shapes that they throw at you, if you're dodging out of them and then conscious of where your next move is going to be, you'll always generally be in a safe position. But if you don't add that third dimension of where do I need to be when I move away from this, you end up kind of in a situation where you've made yourself into the center of the arena and there's like dudes everywhere and then all of a sudden you it's this inescapable block is now coming at you you know um but that's where my mind brings it into like bayonetta or something because i used to suck at those games until i realized i'm just trying to play it like tekken it's not tekken you know <laughs> yeah i've and i've never historically sucked at hack and slashes mm. i suppose kind of games you know um i don't know maybe yeah maybe i think about them differently than i do shooters and maybe I'm just too locked in my thinking because you shoot a gun in return and you don't swing a sword or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. So, may, like, but something has clicked that I've gotten better at it and I've gotten further in one run the other day than I got in my first, like, four hours of playing the game. I wish you well, you sir. Know, so, so, yeah, so that's it. Other than gaming, um, I have been watching The People vs. O.J. Simpson, an American crime story. That came out a while ago, didn't it? Yeah, me and the missus both kind of slept on that one. We never watched it. Mm, mm, mm. And then we were flicking through Netflix the other day, stuck for something to watch. And she goes, oh, the OJ thing. And I was like, I thought you watched that without me. And she was like, no, I've never seen it. And I was like, sweet, I've never seen it. Let's go. Okay, how is it? It's really good. It's actually really enjoyable. Like, you have some big names in there. John Travolta's in there. Speaking of face-off, we're bringing a full circle. Um, David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, who plays Kim Kardashian's father. Oof. What a role! Um, yeah, Robert Kardashian. Because mm. um, that's yeah, when, that's, when that's, I, that's like uh, that's that's the case that made him really famous, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's what's one. Like, if it wasn't for the OJ case, we probably wouldn't have the Kardashians TV show. Oh, that situation just gets <laughs> worse and worse. And even at this stage, even during the OJ trial, Robert Kardashian was already divorced from mm-hmm. his wife, mm-hmm. the mother of. Kim or whatever the hell her name is I don't know the mother of these people um but yeah that's kind of like he was and the reason he's involved in it is because he is a lawyer himself not a criminal lawyer he says this in the show that he's not a criminal lawyer but I don't remember him saying what kind of lawyer he is okay maybe property or divorce or something like that but he's actually like the reason he's in it and he's on OJ's defense counsel is he's his like OJ was his best friend it wasn't just like he hired Robert Kardashian. It was like the two of them were like best friends. Oh, didn't know that. You know, they they part, partied together, played golf together, all this kind of stuff. His kids, like the likes of Kim and stuff, called him Uncle OJ. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Welcoming know. in um, Uncle OJ. Hey, Uncle OJ, you coming over for dinner? Just got to get yeah. rid of this glove and I'll be right over, <laughs> you know? But it's a good show. Like, the actors are all really good. Um, Cuba Gooden Jr. does a really good job as OJ. Not that I know much about OJ and his mannerisms. Yeah, like how he familiar play, are he you plays with like, O.J. Simpson as a human? He, he plays like a, a famous man, like, you know, incarcerated really sure, well, sure. like, you know, kind of mm. fall from grace kind of thing. Yeah. And Sarah Paulson's in it too. Uh, she's been in like American Horror Story and Nurse Ratched and a few, but she's a good actress. She pops up in loads of things. She's really good. But it's a really good show. And I just realized that it is an anthology series. I just discovered this last night. So... Season one is The People versus OJ. And there is a season two out that's also called An American Crime Story. But season two is called The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Oh. So each season follows, is a, each season is a mini series about a particular crime or case or big thing that happened in the legal system or, you know. So the next season, we're probably going to give it a watch, is about the... Gianni Versace, the, the fashion dude who I, I didn't know got assassinated, but apparently did. Apparently so. I don't know. Apparently I don't know so. How it got past but me. if it's if the if it's the same kind of writers and directors and creative team, and it's up to the high standard that the OJ one is, I'll definitely watch it. Mm, yeah, no, I, I need something like that to watch. I was actually on a call with a client today, um, who is based in Michigan, and you know he's one of those calls where we didn't have much to discuss today so we were moving on and just before i jumped off she was like oh by the way you're in cork ireland aren't you i was like yeah yeah she's uh i just watched a true murder documentary on netflix um it's that one what's it called do you know so sophie sophie did the, the Tusca Plantier or something yeah, is her name? Yeah. The Tuscan Plantier or something? I, it's about her murder. About her murder. I, I have my head so firmly in the sand when it comes to Irish news because it depresses me. So I don't mm-hmm. go out of my way to look it up unless somebody tells me I should be. Um, but I, I never really knew much about the case back when it happened. And I know even less about it now. And I do plan on watching the documentary, but that's an interesting one because... You know, obviously, I disappointed her immediately, and I was like, "I haven't watched it yet. I will watch it, and we'll come back and we'll chat." But um, the interesting thing about that documentary is apparently the Netflix one humanizes the guy who got the most ire for being the highest suspect to the case, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the Sky original documentary does the opposite, where they almost kind of frame him up in the documentary. So, right. So I'm kind of like thinking, I want to book out an evening. Or maybe two evenings yeah. and just watch the two of them and just compare. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. You know, that'd be a cool thing to do. Um, Ashling, friend of the show, mm-hmm. listens every week. She watched it. Um, she's mad about true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, we, myself and my partner went out for a walk with her last night, and she was saying that um, after watching it now, she's gone down a rabbit hole of like podcasts about the murder and about this specific case and everything. Like she's yep. gone really, you know deep down the rabbit hole so it must be pretty good yeah for a crime that happened in cork it's really after grabbing the world by a storm like a- anyone that watches it is super into it like you know the the lady i was talking to you know she was frothing at the mouth to at the idea that perhaps i would have some more insight because i'm from the county <laughs> you know she's like she's like oh my god i get to talk to somebody who was like at, practically in their backyard you know i was like nope i don't know a thing about it. i'm sorry <laughs> Wow. You know more than I do, in fact. <laughs> that's, 
that's mad yeah. that is that's a lot of there's a sky documentary is done by an irish director as well mm. um director and producer so i might give it a watch and just see yeah. not that i'm too big into true crime i do kind of prefer watching drama and stuff like that but i'll give it a go yeah it's been a while since i watched anything like that so I, it's about time i guess so let's let's do that and we'll compare i guess yeah we'll compare we'll compare notes yeah. that's enough about tv we've talked enough about tv and what we're playing let's let's uh let's get into some news methinks yeah do you want to take a quick break for the socials yes actually that is a good idea see i'm not used to this hosting i got a pee shane i, mean? I got this i gotta is... get i gotta get zapped by okay. some lightning yeah right well let's take a break for our beautiful beautiful socials remind the folks where they can find us and we can go pee okay <laughs> play that thing Hey there! If you want to keep up with all things casual game content, you can do so in a number of ways. The easiest way to do so is to follow us on all of our socials at Casual Game Co. Not content because you only get 15 characters, but hey, what can you do? At Casual Game Co. That's at C-A-S-U-A-L-G-A-M-E-C-O. Can't be any simpler than that on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And when you're at Facebook, look for the group, the Casual Game Community. It's a good bunch. We're going to love you. Come on by. If you could do us a massive favor, like the podcast, review the podcast, and just tell a friend about the podcast. It goes a long way. And you can find all of our content on podcast forms, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching for Casual Game Cast. Thanks again for all of your help and all of your support. It means the absolute world to us. Now, back to the show. And we are back. Hopefully now people know where they can find all our bits or bobs or our things that we do, our, you know, content, our stuff, our wonderful things. I'm going to stop talking. No, I'm not going to stop talking because we're going to talk about some news, Phil. That was so succinct. <laughs> Wasn't it just? I am the king of succinctness, if you haven't noticed. Yes, yes. And I believe we haven't talked about news in like two weeks, have we? No, we haven't. And you'd think that would mean that we'd have a load of news stories. But ah, there was a few. as is as is as we are one to do here, we only talk about the news we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's all. We don't talk about any other news. So you'd think yes, in two weeks there'd be a buttload of news to talk about because we didn't cover anything. But we don't care about that. We care about the news we care about, and we have like four, maybe five things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure. Like, yeah, there, there has been quite a bit going on, but like, as you say, we don't care about all of it. So <laughs> let's let's, let's yeah, dive into really what don't. we do care about. I guess let's do that. Play that thing. News. So we have some news. I have some PlayStation news to run down. Please go for it. So. Well, one is PlayStation adjacent, and then the other is actual PlayStation news. Okay. So the first one is to do with one Mr. Hideo Kojima, crazy, mad Japanese game developer who does mad things. Um, PlayStation fanboys, you know, we all know how fanboy culture goes, have started a petition, and they want to... uh, They're trying to stop Hideo Kojima making his rumored Xbox-exclusive game, calling it... A betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised this is the case. Like, this is this is a big call out to Hideo Kojima stepping out on his own. Sony 
immediately jumping down his pants with like you know billions of dollars to say give us exclusivity and we'll you know produce yeah and that was all well and good and everybody who loves metal gear is already in the sony ecosystem so that worked out well hideo kojima moving over to sony platform exclusivity wasn't a problem nope now (laughs) the next game he gets accosted by the glorious wunderkind that is the new xbox uh, ceo probably phil spencer where he most likely came to him and said we're buying companies left right and center would you want to be bought no well how about we buy your next game and that probably is how it went down and rightfully kojima probably took that deal however all of his fan base if they could only own one console are on the other one (laughs) yes yes this is true like um so like Kojima's a free agent now. He's free mm-hmm. to take money from whoever he wants. Yes. It's his prerogative. And if Xbox were like, here is a buttload of money, and he's sitting there thinking, Well, hmm, I don't have to worry about financing my next game now. They're just gonna give me money to do whatever I want because I'm Hideo Kojima. They probably don't care a whole lot. They're just gonna go, give me your Hideo Kojima game. Yes. Um he's like, Yeah, cool, sweet. I don't have to worry about pitch meetings and finance meetings and trying to sell this to people. I just have all the money now and I can do my Crazy, crazy thing. Well, since Death Stranding's egregious use of Monster Energy Drink, in my mind, Hideo Kojima is the biggest sellout since <laughs> Snoop Dogg, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the monster one was was like really right in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's and like some games have done kind of things like that in the past, but nothing nothing like not that. to the scale of this 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 was egregious no. this was a this was an advertisement that you were encouraged to do every time norman reed is sat down yeah you know yeah i don't think i ever actually drank a kind of monster in that game unless but you're, you're unless it was a cut- like that's the only way you can yeah. get full health unless it was a cutscene. i don't think i ever drank a kind of monster yeah like i found myself begrudgingly doing it <laughs> that was the problem i was just like i hate this so much but i'll do it anyway and now funny thing is back then i didn't like monster and nowadays i actually kind of like the juice ones so maybe they did something to me anyway um psn fanboys are pissed and i guess it's kind of it's a funny one like I, normally i'm not for like i don't support any of this like backlash at all but at yeah. the same time I do find it interesting that Kojima would just, you know, bend to that offer because Sony were clearly, you know, making counter offers, you would imagine. And yeah, I'm sure. But like, I wonder, is this kind of like Xbox saying, well, if we really want to get Sony ponies on this console, like we need to get like a Last of Us or we need to get an Uncharted or we need to get a metal gear you know and like yeah. the closest one of those three to attain right now is the metal gear which is hideo kojima even though you won't get a metal gear you're still getting that cachet you know so like oh yeah yeah you're getting that you're going to get like a, a you're going to have box art that's sitting on the shelf that says a hideo kojima game and it only comes in a green box yes and it comes bundled with a inflatable fetus of some sort and it's all kinds of weird exactly exactly like the petition's not gaining much traction to be fair like i just put this news story in because i thought it was kind of funny mm-hmm. and now you know, obviously there is a bit of bit like it is a bit you know 
um, I wonder did Kojima like stop and think and go, I really do have a huge Sony install base, you know? Yep. But obviously, like you know, one one commenter who who wrote on the petition said that he was blinded by greed. <laughs> <laughs> blinded by greed the man blinded by the man's greed. sell out and that doesn't matter okay he just does whatever yeah. he's gonna do but the the blinded by greed is kind of funny that that's kind of good it is i i just think it it's gonna sell an awful lot of like those entry-level consoles for xbox you know i think an awful lot of yeah, people will. will go in and they'll they'll give out about it now but unless they severely cannot afford a new console they will get a new console to play it so the, the same people who the, the, the people who give enough of a crap to go online and start this petition are the very people that are going to buy it on Xbox. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, that's exactly what's going to happen. Let's not give look, let's not give them any more of a platform. <laughs> no, no, let's not. Let's not because we just it's just funny. I just thought it was mm, funny. Agreed. Now to actual PlayStation news. Mm-hmm. So. Dear Romans PlayStation Jason, this is actual PlayStation news. PlayStation has been acquiring some studios. Yeah, they have. They've been on a bit of a buying spree. They have indeed. So, um, talking of, of Returnal earlier on, mm-hmm. they have uh, welcomed Housemark to the family. Their words, not mine. That's their slogan, you know, welcome to the PlayStation family or whatever. Um, That's kind of an obvious buy, I suppose. You know, they've had a bit of relationship over the years with like Super Stardust HD and uh, now with Returnal being exclusive and you know this kind of thing yeah. it's sort of a no brainer to my knowledge I don't think that they've developed games outside of the Sony ecosystem until now so it's um, it's it you know you could have told me the housemark were first party and I would have believed you you know yeah there's a few kind of there's been a few studios like that over the years mm-hmm. That you like, you know, have rarely developed outside of PlayStation House Mark being one of them. The other studio they acquired was, I believe it's pronounced Nixes. It is, yes. N I double X E S. From what I've heard um, online, yes. <laughs> yes. So they've acquired Nixes as well, which is a bit more of an interesting one because Nixes is kind of a PC port studio. They are. And I they specifically do, as you mentioned, ports of. And this is. They go back to the 90s. Like they go. They yeah. go really far back. They go back to when PC ports were traditionally awful. Um, if you heard Nixus were on board, it was generally a sign of approval. Is that you can yes. kind of trust this one? It's interesting to see Sony buy this because they are very much in, in the last. You know, obviously deals take weeks and months and years to happen. So we're seeing the end result now, but it does kind of read like. You know, Microsoft last year started this buying initiative, and I it, it really seems like someone is trying to keep up here, you know. Um, and in doing so, in the last year, Sony have started releasing some of their first party games on PC, some of them pretty disastrously. And here we are, yeah. we're buying the poor kings, you know, for PC. Yeah, it's a shrewd move. It's like, how what can we do to make our PC ports better because we have effed up some it of them? It goes to show they have seen and they've they've stated as much but it really goes to show that they are seeing good returns on these pc ports because they're obviously investing in it now to say well we have a stupid amount of games that people will not leave our console ecosystem for your last of us your uncharted your ratchet and clanks your whatever and now 
you know, we can just double dip and, you know, three years later, release it on PC and get all that money again. And yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're starting to see the benefit in that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're dead right. And that's why they would acquire a studio that can help them bolster that effort and give people a better product that they're spending their money on when they do finally buy the game of, of Steam or wherever they sell Sony games on PC. Yes, and if I can get one thing, I want the Astrobot VR game to be on something else than the PSVR so I can see it in glorious 4K or something when it's welded to my face. Yeah, actually that that'd be that'd be wonderful. Um one other story to come out of this which is also part of the kind of acquisition like I said, when they acquired Housemark, they put out this press statement all over Twitter and Instagram and everything with like a picture of Housemark and it said like the PlayStation Studios logo and the Housemark logo and it said welcome to the family. Yes. That was the kind of press packet put out all around the world, except in Japan. Mm-hmm. In Japan, someone messed up somewhere and the image they put out was of Sony Studios and Bluepoint and Welcome to the Family. Now, there was news stories or rumors floating around a few months ago that they were very much interested in acquiring Bluepoint, which is once again a kind of an obvious purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this proves it. Maybe this you know adds fuel to the fire that it was an announcement coming soon and someone uploaded the wrong image or clicked on the wrong folder. Stuff like this has happened all the time happens all the time and in in one of the news stories i'll be talking about it happened regularly but yeah the the blue point thing i think it's it's probably a a joint partnership rather than an ownership if i had to guess um i think blue point have been a second party studio for sony for the longest time you know they've always focused in for years now on ps4 remasters and what have you like i think that they're kind of already in the sony pocket yeah if they do announce that yeah we're all in on bluepoint like bluepoint is kind of in a strong position because nobody like i'm only i've been playing demon souls and I I cannot imagine that game looking and feeling better than what Bluepoint did with it. Like that was like they did great work with Shadow of the Colossus and other games, don't get me wrong, but like but they're really hitting their stride. Like I think I honest to God think that maybe Demon's Souls is the best looking game on the PS five, you know, regardless of whether they had a starting edge on any other developer because they yeah. already had code to work off of. I don't think that's as big a deal as it sounds. I think, honestly, there's just a lot of talent there. And the funny thing about that is they're kind of in a sweet spot now with Sony where they can kind of leverage their talent against them to say, we know you want us. Obviously, you want us. And we've had this very fruitful partnership for all this time. Why would we suddenly allow you to buy us when Microsoft probably want to buy us just as quick? You know, like, how about we make a deal where it's more of a fruitful relationship for us than being underneath the thumb of the the corporation. You know, like I'd say they're probably after getting themselves into a situation where they could maybe, you know, have that kind of a deal. Because when you think about it, Bluepoint, unless they start making their own games, like it it's not good for them to be tied down to one, you know, first party studio. Like 
if they yeah. can reach out to Nintendo and Xbox in the years to come and start remastering Halo and Mario, like, forget about it. The money. I know. I know. And I'm sure Sony's kind of... Um, Sony's interest in them is going back to their own catalogue of exclusive games over the years. Yep. PS1, PS2, and be like, oh yeah, we have Bluepoint. Look at all these games we can remaster and re-release and remake and make all those Buku books. But then still don't do it because but, that's the way gaming goes, apparently. <laughs> yes. But I think you're right, though, because I think, like, surely to God, the people that work at Bluepoint are like, they're like anybody who works in any probably semi creative or industry you know what i mean at some stage they want to make their own idea yeah and i'd say we're going to see it eventually if if not yes we'll see what happens like we have a a state of play that's actually happening as we record so yeah maybe when we hang up this discord call maybe we'll find out that yeah they were bought by them but like i think that it would behoove them more to to make a deal than to just like sign away the keys you know Oh yeah, Sony acquiring Bluepoint is a better deal for Sony than it is. Of course for it is. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless like <laughs> we, we don't know what money is involved, but yeah, like in theory. Yeah, well, of course, theory. well, money, money, but in yeah, in there, if we took money yeah, out yeah, of it, yeah. in in just pure creative terms or whatever, yes. it's a better deal for Sony than it is for yes. Bluepoint. But we'll keep an eye on whatever happens with Bluepoint and Sony in the future. I believe you may have a story or two you might like to discuss. I do have a story or two that I want to discuss. So, um, I guess we'll start with the big one. The Nintendo Switch Pro, 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 Pro (laughs) has been announced and it is not what we thought it would be because, in fact, it's not a Pro at all. It is a new revision of the Nintendo Switch, which has an OLED screen and it has WLAN capabilities. It allows you to plug your Ethernet port into it. And that's about it. Maybe 0.8 of an inch extra screen. Yeah, they double the storage as well. Double the internal storage. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, it still goes from 32 gigabytes to 64 gigabytes. If you're not buying an SD card with a Switch, you're doing it wrong. So it doesn't matter. There could have been zero gigabytes on it. It wouldn't matter. (laughs) I know. That that I do. That I do realize. Yeah, it is silly. But having said that. The big thing here is is that, like, sorry, um, they released this upgraded switch with the OLED screen and the upgraded LAN capabilities. The LAN capabilities are only in the dock, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, you The dock is going to be sold separately, the new dock. Yes. So where is what, like, why, what, who, who is this for? Yeah, it's, it's a funny proposition. And just to walk it back a small bit, like Bloomberg and many other sources were coming out telling us like hand over fist, like no, a Switch Pro is coming. And and it's yeah. going to have higher capabilities, and it's going to have DLSS 4K super sampling, and it was going to do this and that, and it was going to make fresh bread for you of a Friday morning, and it was going to do all these crazy things. And yeah, I honestly think that this revision was meant to be in the E3 showcase, and Nintendo tactically took it out because they didn't want the ire of you know gamers who are worked up to a froth over E3. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. have their narrative of their whole Twitter thing of the week be, oh, they messed up the Nintendo Switch. I think that, like, because that's what would have happened. You know, it's it's a ridiculous statement, but that that's what would have happened. And 
Instead, they waited two weeks and just farted it out onto YouTube. And here we are. So, like, let's just break it down for a second. It's another Nintendo Switch. It's essentially the same one as the last revision, which just upped the battery life. Except they've taken the bezels in a little bit, giving you an extra 0.8 inches of screen. It is an OLED panel, which is nice. I would prefer an OLED panel. The The LCD panel that they use is kind of old and grey and it doesn't give the best colours, whereas like an OLED panel would be lovely. However, when I'm playing it portable, like it's not... The Switch is great because it can be portable, but I think an awful lot of people, me included, treat it as a console that we can just take out of the room with us on occasion but when that thing is in its dock this new one it's exactly the same as the one i have in my house do you know it's it's no different when it's on your tv therefore i can't see outside of those weird super fans that have to buy everything and i'll admit like i went on to my local toy store to to pre-order and i went what am i doing um yeah it's (laughs) it's not going to be for everybody and it's so bizarre because when they made their last revision, which literally just upped the battery life, that's it. And it fixed some homebrew issues. Uh, the original run of Switches can be hacked no matter what. There's no way yeah. around it. And that better battery one fixed that. But because it had a better battery, people flocked to buy it. Like people who had a Switch literally bought the bigger battery one for the sake of having a better battery. And then they got rid of the old one. And Nintendo wins because less of those things in the wild. But this is actually a hardware revision with notable features and it seems even less relevant for some reason. Yeah, and like they've been vocal about saying as well, they're like, this is not a replacement for the current Switch on the market. The current Switch will still be available to buy. Yeah, No problem. You can walk in and you're going to walk into your local retailer and go, I'd like a Nintendo Switch, please. And they're going to go, would you like the regular or the OLED? Yeah, well, I think they're making that very clear by making it 50 euro more expensive. Yeah, it's a different yeah. skew. Like it's a, it it is for all the world. I think the funny thing about all this is, it's not the Switch Pro people were expecting, but in my mind, when you say something is a pro version of a product, like think of phones, think of like your Xiaomi Chinese phones, and you get like the standard flagship model, and then there's the Plus or the Pro, and it simply is that it's not an LCD panel, it's a OLED one, and it's a couple of inches bigger, like a yeah. bigger memory. This is exactly that, you know, and this is this is for all the world a Switch Pro, but it's just not the one that we were sold in our minds, you know. Um, no, because we're too used to the console market going PlayStation Pro, more RAM, better graphics, or whatever. Xbox uh, One X, you know, beefier hardware, better chips, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, like you say, Nintendo kind of more went the f- phone route <laughs> yeah. of. But- you know, this has a just slightly better screen. The only yeah. difference with the phone analogy is generally the plus model and the standard model come out at the same time. Not after like four years of it being on the market did they like put in a slightly better yes. screen. And that's where Nintendo has fallen down a little bit here. Now, if you don't own a Switch already, this is the one for you. I think this is the way to go. I think the extra 50 quid is negligible. I just think that by adding an extra 50 quid onto it, they're very much making a statement that this is not going to replace the old switch this is like your better switch your switch pro in parentheses but if you don't own one go for this one however like 
it's the internet is so stupid. Like the internet is now wrapping up into another fervor to say, okay, Nintendo, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. You're putting this out there. You're not giving it any fanfare because within the next three to six months, you're going to release the actual Switch Pro and it's going to be... I can't <laughs> believe people are already saying this on the internet and it's 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 getting traction. People are believing this. And I think I want to scream into the void because no, like why? At this point, if we wait another year and they go to give another version of the Switch, that thing will be 2017... It'll be five years old. Like, yeah. why would they do a revision of it five years in? Like, at that point, you wait another year and you make a Switch 2. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the best thing I've seen about all this, um, I've seen a tweet when the Switch OLED got announced from uh, Gary Whitta, mm. who is a kind of, he's involved in the gaming world. He also wrote, like, Star Wars Rogue One or something like that. But anyway, um, I'm getting sidetracked. He, um... He was his tweet was like maybe instead of screaming at Nintendo for not giving you the console that you wanted, you scream at all these internet outlets that promised you a 4K Switch and a this that and the other when Nintendo never opened their mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, there that's a dangerous statement too. But like the the there's an element of truth there. It's not Nintendo's fault. Like Nintendo never said they no. were doing this, so I completely am in that realm of like yeah, like yeah. Nintendo are not to blame here. If anything. They, they came out at E3 saying we don't have hardware revisions to show you. And then, without promising you anything, they just gave you this. It's it's their company. They'll run it how they want. But, like, and we'll keep buying them. But the, yeah. the, the other side of that is, like, I don't attack journalists either. Like, I don't think any, not saying that you were saying that you should, but just if in case anybody hears no. that and picks that up from it. um, Like, I don't think any journalists, in quotes, because not all of these were journalists, um, I don't think any of them went out to purposefully tarnish their own reputation by passing along fake news that was eventually going to be found out. You know, like, I think no, I think no, that no. there was sources out there telling people stuff. And I think that there is probably plans that changed or stuff that got pushed out a couple of years or information that just wasn't updated through the channels and somebody down along the line gave outdated information. You know, stuff like that happens in the industry. And unfortunately, we live in an industry now where nobody can have a piece of information without it being all over the internet. So that's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I but do anyway. agree. But yeah, so... There you go. OLED switch. It's not the switch you wanted, but it's the switch, <laughs> it's the you're, switch getting. you're getting. Um, the only other big piece of news that I had that I thought was interesting was Microsoft's xCloud gaming system, essentially, has gone live on pretty much everything. It's gone on Android, iOS, and even on PC in browser. This is a really cool feature. It's essentially being touted as, imagine Stadia, but not shit. <laughs> yeah it's incredible uh what this is essentially is if you have access to the internet and a subscription to xbox game pass you now have instant streaming access to over 300 games and apparently they run incredibly well apparently the latency is so small if you've got a good connection that it's almost negligible and it's quick, it, it runs, it performs, it does exactly what it's meant to do. And that all in itself is great. However, when you think about this, 
this is just a value added proposition for Xbox Game Pass. This is not like this is not like oh you have to go and buy our dongle and pay us money to access our service and then you have to buy games off of us. It's like no, if you already have Game Pass, you have better yeah. Stadia now for free. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. Like it's a great like once again Every time we talk about Microsoft, we just can't help but talk about the value proposition. Yeah, um, I wrote an article about and it. And it got me, <laughs> yes, and it got me thinking as well how like, you know, just now just indulge my fantasies Please? here for a moment. So I, as you know, I own, I only own a PS5. Mm-hmm. I have a PC, of course. I have a good internet connection. But the nice TV that I have in my house is where the PS5 is plugged in yes. the living room. So somehow in the realm of possibility someday in my heart of hearts i will be able to turn on the ps5 and open up the playstation web browser and access my xbox game streaming service directly through my ps5 most likely like i the thing is like i don't know if sony will ever bend over for that but i think that like you'll probably be able to do it through your tv's built-in browser or you can probably do that now yeah, through your tv's yeah. built-in browser Oh, you probably, know. probably, probably. That was just in my heart yeah. of hearts, I'd be able to do it. And that way I'd have the controller and I wouldn't have to plug things into the TV for a controller and stuff like this. It would just, I'd be ready to go. But that's in my ideal fantasy world with my rose You're tinted You're not wrong, glasses. though, because that's where Microsoft is going. Like, this is the future thinking of, like, like even what Stadia did was impressive, but they just didn't put yeah. the push behind it and just abandoned it. And actually, Xbox has now hired somebody experts from stadia on that project so like they're taking the learnings and they're going to capitalize on it which is awesome um but yeah the end goal here is xbox want to have an app on your tv whether it's through a fire stick whether it's through your smart tv functions guarantee you next year at ces we're going to see xbox branded tvs it's going to happen um mm-hmm. and it's just going to be in everyone's living room and at that point if you're a parent like hell are you buying a playstation you've got an xbox in your tv yeah you yeah. know that's very true that is very true like i we can all anyone but half a brain can see exactly what microsoft are trying to do and they're succeeding at and more power to them i'm delighted <laughs> for them i hope that one day i don't have to every five years or whatever shell out a couple of hundred quid on a gaming machine that i can just pop on the tv and you know take out my controller and away there's only one thing stopping us and that's like worldwide excellent internet yeah like once once we figure yeah. that out everything just becomes streamable but like i'm in a very yeah. privileged position and so are you where we've got good internet like not mm-hmm. everyone does so that's that's where that falls apart but just before we leave this story let me just put this thought into you and the listeners ears are we entering a kind of a gaming Skynet situation with Microsoft? Is Microsoft going to turn around and like, you know, just having secretly over the good graces of giving us services and games and stuff, just like suddenly become the monopoly of gaming, you know, like somehow in the next like five to 10 years, will they suddenly be like buying Nintendo and buying Sony and just like, you know, we've, we've accumulated so much goodwill and mass that like we are now, we are now Microsoft yeah. gaming. <laughs> there's a, there's a statement for that or a, a word to, or a sentence to describe that. It's called pulling a Disney. Pulling a Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, I will consume everything. All oh, the companies shall be mine. What would happen if Disney <laughs> bought Microsoft? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, oh god yeah if disney buys one of the huge gaming or we're all doomed 
I mean, if they, if if Disney bought Microsoft, then Microsoft basically their platform has the exclusivity on everything Disney owns. Yep. All your Marvel, all your whatever stuff, Disney Kingdom Hearts, whatever the hell, whoever does whatever. Everything, pretty um, much. Wow, Actually, thing. like I, I was talking about yeah. The Walking Dead. I'm watching The Walking Dead on Disney Plus. How weird is that? Yeah. Like, yeah, and that originally premiered on AMC, which must be a Disney. I don't know. They have that Disney. weird thing called Star that integrates with Disney Plus that they own. So Star has a lot of that type of content on it. So. I right, don't know. Right, I don't right. know. But either way, like Mickey Mouse is on the left and the Simpsons are on the right and like Marvel's below me and just right there is a big old bloody zombie with like Rick Grimes and it's it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like children access this thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I anyway, know, I know. It's it's crazy. But uh, but that's that's the big news there. But this is not the only piece of Xbox news. Just a little tidbit I'm going to leave you with is Microsoft, in some damn shrewd viral marketing, I will say, came out and they want you to know, Shane, they want you to know about their Microsoft All Access plans. They want you to know, Shane, that you are the kind of person who does not have an Xbox in your house. But what if you wanted one, but you couldn't quite afford it? What if you couldn't quite get $450 dues together in order to pay for such a thing? What if I could propose to you a phone plan, something similar to a phone plan where you pay $15, maybe $20 a month and euros in our country, I guess, and they deliver one to you with Game Pass. And over the course of you paying for the console and Game Pass, you actually come out with a saving. What have I told you all of this, Shane? I don't think you'd be interested. But what if I had, all for one, the 90s boy brand sing to you why you should have that? And to hell with it, we're going to play a clip. But it's, but it's worth it and also much more I will have games to play Though it's a big upgrade That might seem too good to be true It's all there It's all there All inclusive next year That's just amazing. That is just amazing. We listened yeah. to it just ahead of the show. All for one, looking pretty fresh for guys that were like, you know, hard jobs or whatever back in the 90s, I have to say. Um, but like, it's all there. Like, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> turnaround, you know? It is. It's a great piece of like viral meme marketing, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to hear that song and it's going to be stuck in their head and they're like... Getting a catchy song was genius. Yes. You could have done it. You could have taken any night. You could have, I don't know, you could have tried remix Kiss from a Rose or something. <laughs> but it wouldn't have the same, you know, you need something that people can just hum or sing while they're walking down the street. And when they do, they now think of Xbox. Yes, and they actually did say as well, stay tuned for more 90s nostalgia marketing. So I'm excited. Maybe we do get Seal. It's Maybe, maybe you see they know now that they're 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 the majority of their install base is like our age, yeah. and we all grew up in the nineties, and we were <laughs> listening to this stuff on the radio and on trips with our parents in the car and stuff. Yep, yep, for sure. I I I I melted like butter at at that Xbox ad, and that's not something I'm ashamed to admit, Shane. Anyway, yeah, that's been our news. 
That has been our news. We're all out of news, ladies and gentlemen. But what that means is it's time for some question of the week. Yes, it is. Play that thing. Question of the week. This week is a little different. This week we don't actually have like a gaming related Ooh. question. We kind of have Same. a we have a we have a few, I suppose. We have like one or two little silly quickfire dumb questions that are just fun to answer. Get to know us a little better. The listeners can get to get a window into our our uh, consciousness. I kind of prefer it. Exactly. Like if I'm deadly honest, I kind of prefer these. Like yeah. there's only so many like every gaming question has been answered. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's hard to make that kind of funny and hard to make like a bit of a a bit of a back and forth with like, you know, if you could take any game and put it in a different genre, like it's kind of like, ah, I don't know. I suppose I do this, you know, but like, yeah. but like these questions look pretty fun. Yes. So you were actually kind of going back and forth in the Facebook yes, I was. comment section with, with, with my partner. <laughs> and you posed the question, what color was my favorite pair of underwear? Yes. To which my partner said, the ones with the little dinosaurs on. And I can and guarantee you, folks, I can see him now. There he is, sat in nothing but those dinosaur pants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Triceratops all the way, baby. <laughs> what's your favorite? <laughs> like, what's your favorite cartoon dinosaur? My favorite cartoon, like dinosaur. not a specific named one, like the one from I don't know the Land Before Time or something. I mean, like when when we're thinking of like cartoon dinosaurs on a pair of underpants, would it be Triceratops? No, it probably T Rex because I like mm. I think like little cartoon T Rexes look funny. Yeah, with their little short arms and their little teeth. Yeah, things. little um, cartoon T Rexes are good. Yeah. They are good. I like mm, yeah. a pterodactyl. Yeah, like you see, like kids, kids clothes, like like kids hoodie mm. or something. You've got like little little T Rex or whatever. That is cool. Pterodactyl's good too. The wingspan, you get a yeah. silhouette with a pterodactyl. Yeah, that's a that's true. Yeah, it's kind of like a Batman, but uh, but a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think yeah. though T Rex probably trumps it. I think that's probably why it's such a strong image. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You get a you get a good silhouette with the T Rex. You get little spiky teeth. You get short arms. You get big chunky legs. Yeah, isn't it weird that like we all have that share? Like the T Rex I'm thinking of in my brain for like the simply drawn T Rex that's going to be like you know five hundred of them on one little hoodie for a kid. Like we all have that yeah. same T Rex in our head. You know, maybe ever so slightly differently, but we all have that template in our brain. <laughs> oh yeah, Penny's home. Yeah, Penny's girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is but and a different question this is a food related question this one actually also came from you mm-hmm. um my my partner's response was uh, funny because she doesn't like this particular food stuff but you asked what pairs better with beans waffles or fish fingers yes that's something i want to know because like i'm a man of simple tastes like i if, if i'm left to like eat make my own shopping and stuff like that i'll pick out like two or three days of like fancy enough food but like four days of the week i'm happy with just like beans and waffles and stuff like that you know but like what what would you have if you had beans in the press and you had potato waffles and you had fish fingers but you could only choose one which one would you go with waffles yeah i think waffles too now it's a it's a dangerous one though because the waffles would be good with beans because they're kind of soaking them up and you can kind of have that kind of fun dynamic where you're pouring your beans over your waffles and they're falling through them and it's like oh it's like a little party of beans look at this (laughs) (laughs) however (laughs) let me propose to you the taste combination of the fish finger in the beans when you're kind of a well-cooked 
not burnt, not undercooked fish finger, and it's just kind of spreading apart, and it has the breadcrumbs and the kind of, you know, the fresh cod or whatever that's inside of it, mixing with the beans. That can be quite tasty too. It can. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of beans as a condiment or a side yes, to things. Yes. Um, one thing you should try if you never have, Irish listeners will be familiar with the chicken fillet roll. Yes. Put beans on a chicken fillet roll. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Now, obviously, if if you're the kind that gets coleslaw and stuff like that, don't get <laughs> yeah, coleslaw, not coleslaw and, and beans. Although, although I yeah. I had that multiple times in barbecue places, and that's better than you think. Yeah, but I'm telling you, try beans on a chicken fillet roll if you get the opportunity. Ooh, I don't know. Like I'm quite adventurous with my chicken fillet rolls, but that's like that just sounds like it's going to hurt my stomach. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but. It's worth it. It's delicious. Okay. It's delicious. But back back to plate waffles. Like it's the crispy golden lattice that catches all like the bean yes, juice yes. and the little catches individual yes. beans. That's that's where it's at for me. That's that's the the the, the king of the the bean pairing. Yes. If it, if if you how do you cook your waffles? So this is what I was going to say, right? The reason that potato waffles went out for me is because like back in like 2006 i learned how to cook waffles as a student and that's in a toaster <laughs> so yes yes that's what i was getting at. So that's like, what i was hoping you'd bring it, up was the toaster exactly thing. all i need is a toaster and a microwave like i'm in and out in like four minutes you know that's that's ideal you know yeah yeah um while we're on the subject of beans shout out to beans on toast man i love beans on toast i could take it or leave it sometimes like i kind of when i'm having just beans on toast it's like yeah, it's nice, but I kind of am. I almost want to like split it down the middle. Do you know? I hate nothing more than taking half a tin of beans and putting it in a container or in the fridge with cling film or something because they never get used. Never does anyone use the remainder of the beans the next day. It's so rare. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in your house things are yeah. different. But like I've never seen beans that are like, I only want half the tin and then they put the other half in and it's like, you're going to throw it out away. Just do it now. <laughs> you know, I don't need yeah. it in my fridge. So I, I buy the little like personal tins. Well, yeah. The little half stubby tins. Yeah. That's what well, I That's get. what I should do. And I think that's perfect. That's what I should do. Yeah. Because yeah. like I have too much beans when I make beans on toast and I have too much toast and I'm kind of sick of it by the end of it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Because you have that little bit of beans left and now you're like, oh, now I have to get up and make another slice of toast. Otherwise I'm going to throw out mm-hmm. these beans. And then, then you have too much toast for the beans and it's a whole like vicious oh, the cycle. the problems of beans we go through toast. here in the first world. <laughs> I, re- I really, one more, right. I have one okay. more thing just before we move on. Do you know, like sandwich toasters, the ones that actually like close. I know them very well. I make, love them. Make, make, the yes. triangular toast so, sandwich makers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So fry yourself up a few oh God, sausages. here we go. <laughs> right. Cut them up into little small pieces. Okay, what are we talking about? Are we talking lengths or are we talking like actual like lanyard pieces like Yeah, little little circular pieces Lardens like you would pepperoni or, or something, you know. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just chop up chop up the sausage once okay. it's cooked. Put it in a sandwich. Put some beans in straight out of tin, you don't have to heat them up first. And then into the sandwich maker. And the sandwich maker will cook the beans for you and you get this lovely little sausage bean toasty pocket thing. It's almost like a hot pocket like the Americans eat, but you've made it yourself out of delicious ingredients. Oh, God, that sounds dangerous. It sounds like that's going to hurt me. Well, obviously, 
we everyone's familiar with those sandwich makers when food comes out of them they are it is molten yes i hot. think a molten beans just flying out of my face <laughs> yeah that is that's why that's part of why you don't pre-cook them as well because the the, the toaster does enough okay. heating of the beans that you don't need to otherwise if you pre-cook them then put them in that it's like the heat yeah the sun i can imagine wow um you get very adventurous with your beans like did somebody show you this or were you just around a sandwich maker one morning and went Ah, I'll try this out. I think someone, I think someone told me about this, and I gave it okay. a go. And I was like, and like, think about it; it's interchangeable. Like, I mean, you could swap out for like pudding or diced up bacon, or you know, I used to make like, um, I used to like making a, um, like kind of almost like hobo like or cowboy like like bacon and beans. Like, literally, get some like pancetta from the supermarket or mm-hmm. something fry it up on the pan and when just when the pan jet is ready dump in some beans on the pan too just to heat them up yeah. real quick and then like throw that over a baked potato or on oh, some toast or something yeah, like I've that yeah I've done that as well I've done that yeah. as well I, absolutely I absolutely I don't know if I ever told this story on a podcast before but when I was a kid my dad was minding me when my mother was away and yeah for dinner he thought it'd be fun for us to do like the cowboys like John Wayne and we were going to cook beans on the fire in the fireplace. Right. Now, we did yeah. that. And he, he got a tin of beans and he threw it onto the fire. And we were going to like come back later with the tongs for the fire and pick it up and, you know, do whatever you do with it. Yeah. And that was going to be... I thought this is amazing. I was just like, what? We're cooking in the fireplace? Yeah. What? I was like, you know, I was nine or something, you know. I was so young. Like, and I just... I was fascinated. So I was like sitting there staring at the beans and next thing I went up to go to the bathroom or something and I just remember hearing a tremendous bang like like an incredible <laughs> bang and I ran back into the room and my dad was like cursing and freaking out and it was because in the good sitting room mind you not the crappy sitting room the mother's good sitting room oh the good sitting yeah, room oh god yeah there was like a can of beans that had exploded because the the cowboys had the foresight to put a hole into it to stop pressure from building up inside of it. Um, yeah. No, obviously my dad didn't think of that, but only for the fact I left the room for whatever reason, I would have been head to toe in like not only third degree burns from the beans, but likely like shrapnel from the can as well. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I was cr- right that's... up in there like... <laughs> Health and safety be damned in the in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a different time, Shane. It was a different time. It was. It was. It was. Uh, but yeah, there you go. There is the casual game cast take on beans and everything you can do with. Let's beans. not. Uh, let's not overstimulate our, our listeners with with any more hot takes on uh, <laughs> on various topics. I think we've probably given people a lot to think yeah. about there. <laughs> Yes, we have. And we've made everyone hungry now, so they yeah. want to go and eat. So we're going to let you go and eat. Thank you for listening. You've been wonderful. I've been Shane. I've been Phil. Yes, Daddy has. Once again, thanks for listening. You can find us on all our socials at Casual Game Co. We've changed up our name a little bit, maybe since you might have last listened to us. Um, you'll get us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Uh, some stuff coming down the pipeline there by the way so keep an eye on the youtube channel get subscribed click the little bell as they like to tell you on the youtube videos um but that's it thanks for listening thanks for staying with us thanks for hearing listening to us talk about beans for like 20 minutes (laughs) 
we do appreciate it. We really do. Tell tell your local bean merchant, you know, whoever supplies your beans, tell them about this tell show. Tell a cowboy. I don't know if they're... Tell a cowboy. Cowboys love beans. Tell a cowboy about this show. So, goodbye. Thanks for listening. And most of all, stay casual. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.